0: Hello, beautiful people. Uh, I'm sorry to drop into your feed unexpectedly with uh, less than wonderful news, but I have just been informed that uh, Amy Ostreicher, who was a writer, motivational speaker, music theater, writer, and enthusiast, uh, and a guest on this podcast, has passed away. And uh, for those of you who heard the episode, uh, you may know about her health complications, which she talks about in detail in the episode that I've reposted here, so I won't go into it. Um, But I did want to say before I you listened to the episode uh, with her about In Trousers, that um, Amy was one of the most amazing people I've ever had the privilege to speak to while doing this show. She was relentlessly positive and enthusiastic and boundlessly creative. And it's the sort of untamable energy of a creative person um, that she contained within herself And it, w- it was remarkable to watch her work But then also to speak to her To read her, what she'd written uh, she, she is an amazing force And uh, I am so happy that she got in touch with me To be on the podcast, which was incredible And that we talked about this wonderful show That she has some wonderful personal connections with um, We made a promise that she would come back And talk about Pacific Overtures at some point And uh, I I am beyond saddened we're never going to get to do that. Uh, She was a wonderful person to speak with. I hope you will join me in listening to this uh, episode about In Trousers and um, experience, as I experienced, the amazing energy and joy that is Amy Ostreicher.
1: Whenever my world falls apart I never lose hope or lose heart Whatever the form of the storm that may brew Not with you to lean on, darlings, you
0: Hello and welcome to The Original Cast, a podcast about original cast albums and the people who love them. I'm Patrick Flynn. My guest today is a, I mean, a multi-hyphenate uh, motivational speaker, performer, writer, all kinds of things. It's Amy Ostreicher, everybody. Hello.
2: Hi, Amy. <laughs>
0: Thank you so much for doing this. I was so excited (laughs) that you brought up. It completes the Falsettos trilogy for us because we're here to talk about. Woo, in
2: trousers. One, two, one, two, three, one, two, three,
1: four. Marvin is a boy who has giddy seizures. He's laughing all the time. Marvin is a boy who has giddy seizures. Sometimes they're fatal. When he turns upside down like a ladle pouring soup, he's a veritable fool. Marvin is my very best friend in school. It's me. And Marvin, lately I've been thinking maybe Marvin needs attention of a private sort. Maybe this old seizure thing is something he invented or is it medicinal. Should his mother be blamed? Marvin has something which was everybody needs he cannot ever be embarrassed. Marvin is
0: my very best friend in school and I'm embarrassed into shame. Oh So normally my first question is how did the show come into your life? But your story about that is is kind of a longer story about how Bill Finn came into your life. And so- No, no, it yeah. started oh, with fun. It started with, okay. So how did the show come into your
2: Oh, life? no, 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 I, I, this is something I'm so excited about. So, I was like the musical theater nerd of nerds. So, I just love digging through and finding the most obscure stuff ever. So, this is a weird chain of events, but it started with, you know, reading um, Ken Mendelbaum's Not Since Carrie um, Mm -hmm. and reading about all the flops. And so, I would go on eBay and try to get tape cassettes of like all of these flops. And then I discovered like all these other obscure musicals I never heard about like celebration from you by know, Harry and Schmidt that led mm-hmm. me from one thing to another and before you know it I'm on like a total eBay rabbit hole and I see this uh, cassette tape and it says March of the falsettos. I'm like, all right, that's weird. Like what is this? <laughs> and so I'm clicking on it. I'm like, all right, this sounds cool. Um so I ordered it. And I played it in my Walkman um, because I was the only person in 2002 that still had a Walkman. And, yeah, so, like, my – like, I was, you know, a Sondheim, like, obsessive like, Pacific Overtures up to this was my favorite musical. Mm -hmm. And so, like, I was, like, in that world. But as soon as I heard, like, four Jews in a room bitching come on – I was like, what the heck is this? Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't know musicals could do this. They were just talking about anything and it was like fun and up and then it was like heart-wrenching. And they were just like talking about like my family. Mm. Um, So... I didn't know musicals could go in like every direction like that, um, so that led me to you know falsetto land, and then I learned about in trousers, and I was like, how do I get in trousers? It right. was out of print everywhere. That is not. There easy were to find. no cassettes. Yeah, no. I had to buy the the record album. I had to get. I had to buy a record player just so <laughs> I could play. I don't. I still don't have a CD of In Trousers. I have a record. Oh wow! So. So all of a sudden, I'm in this William Finland at 15 that I'd never heard about. Mm-hmm. So I was my sophomore year in high school. I convinced my sophomore year English teacher when we had to write an essay about like a great American novel, I convinced her to let me do the libretto of falsettos as my like sophomore year essay. Wow. She. He lets me. I do my whole thesis on falsettos is the journey of Marvin becoming a man. Mm-hmm. This twenty-two page essay. I somehow tracked down Bill Fin, like address. I sent him a fifteen page typed up letter about how much I'm obsessed with falsettos and how it changed my life. And then, like two months later, he calls me in my basement when I'm like. Doing my usual Saturday night ritual of like pretending I'm Sweetie Todd and epiphany,
3: and he
2: was like, he was like, Amy, I don't usually do this, but like I got your letter and like I was really touched. It meant a lot, and this was like as if like God had called me. Yeah, and so from then on, and I got it. Wait. I brought out my scrapbook. Oh, you, you, so you
0: also have a scrapbook. This is becoming a theme. Yeah. Yes. yes. Your
2: Footloose podcast. Oh my yeah. god. This
0: is. Oh, that is massive. I oh know. My gosh.
2: So wait. I even my. I have my little. I xerox my Falsetto's
0: oh little my paper gosh. and the
2: thesis is Marvin matures by adding depth to his relationship, and so then the story, you know, is continued years later when, like, X eight. 18 I'm in a coma and my mom is looking through my old scrapbook and you know at that point I had or before my coma I had showed her like a new brain and she knew all about like Mm. his struggles in the hospital but more importantly she knew all about like his mother Mm. Um, and so she called him finding that number and she's like I'm only calling you because I know your mother would have done the same thing (laughs) but Amy's in a coma um, and, you know, we just want you and she made a difference in mm-hmm. your life. And so then blah, blah, blah. He came into my life and um, falsettos was <laughs> his teeth throughout Yeah. But I, uh, yeah.
0: I would say so. Yeah. It's, it, I mean, it's an amazing story. He's an amazing person, though. I think it's a, another part of that story. In addition to being a wonderful composer, nowhere... lyricist, he's, yeah, he's such an, every story I've heard Art- about him has been
2: artistically yeah. and personally. hmm but uh but you know, since we're focusing on the album, just like creatively there is no one like him. And mm-hmm. especially at that time when In Trousers came out, you know, that voice I mean, I was around in nineteen seventy nine, but <laughs> there was from what I've heard from yeah. all the talks and, and from the albums I've heard around that time, there was no one like that just talking about you know nothing like nothing too crazy but just like you know going into i think it's because it was at a time that a lot of like singer songwriters were coming out about like very introspective like kind of and he really like went into like what's in marvin's head what's in marvin's crazy life um yeah
0: he's he's he writes not only what he writes about because he does write about very simple subjects usually i think twenty fifth annual Putnam county spelling me being kind of an exception in that uh, he yeah I don't that really is a pretty yeah, and that is even still a very a very minute story, but he was brought in to to compose on that
2: right right the ones
0: right. The, the shows he 's conceived of and, and executed, like you say new brain and the falsettos trilogy he he writes about characters whose simple problems and small lives, but also not characters who are. The thing that I really was impressed by listening to in trousers is how much he sets up Marvin as not a good guy. Marvin's not the hero throughout that you're supposed to sympathize with. You're not gonna, or, or maybe you are, but you're not. You're not gonna like him. At every decision he makes, um, he right, does some and terrible he, things, and it makes him such a much more rounded character.
2: Exactly, and, and and he made that very clear. You know, he said in the past too that he's not good at writing stories. He, you know, he writes characters and then he wanted to like milk them for, mm-hmm. for all their worth, which is how like the false thing grew out of it. But what I love is he's not a, you know, he's he does good things, he's, he does bad things, but but the arc of him Growing mm-hmm. is um it's it's very human and he he still has faults and he's still you know but um but he's fallible and you, know, you said the march of the falsettos title came from you know falsettos is out of you is an aberration out of the normal range and this was a family out of the normal range but like everything you know however whatever aberration you think like everything everyone in that family is struggling with is like very relatable and Mm -hmm. very human. Um, So yeah. And I, I really don't think you're meant um, to like him or, or sympathize with him. Um, But um, that kind of grows on you.
0: He does. He really does grow on you. They all do. I mean, in trousers is, is is of the three, you know, very much just Marvin. Uh, and then the other characters you know come in as, the, as the, in the other two shows into more depth, obviously Wizard and Trina are in in trousers, but they don 't have a, as much to do as they do in the later shows, and the later shows are much more ensemble pieces what
2: 's interesting is Trina actually I think has the biggest in a different way um, the biggest development mm-hmm. um, or maybe just different charactership because I notice in trousers. She's very victimized. Mm-hmm. You know, everything all her songs are very kind of woe is me, I'm in this position. And then in March of the Falsettos, you know, you see her um kind of taking more of a stance. And then in Falsetto Land, she's like, I am friggin' holding to the ground and, mm-hmm. and keeping up the fort. Um, so I don't know if he ever anticipated that she would you know Finn anticipated she would go on that um journey but um yeah she, I think she changes the most Finn, you know directed in mm-hmm. trousers yeah. um, and then you know when Lapine got on board for for the last two that's what made it more of like a a booky, yeah. you know musical but but you know in charge of you, know, Finis said, used like abstract on, on abstract, you know, um, w- which is which is cool. What I mm-hmm. love is, you know, i I've never seen a performance of it. It's very kind of all over the place. Every, you know, the orchestrations are yeah. like amazing. Um, but you can really imagine, you know, whatever. It, it, yeah, i'd like to see someone direct that in like a completely different way i mean i guess you could do whatever it's all marvin's internal amusings um yeah
0: it, it's such a raw when, show yeah you know really like the the feelings of it are very very raw and up front i was also sort of reminded preparing for it for this recording how like the falsetto march of the falsetto, well we'll just call them falsettos because that's what it mainly is now but those two those that that show um is much more, you know, about the characters' relationship to each other and family dynamics. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of those themes. But In Trousers is a show really about sex. It is about, there's so many scenes in it about Marvin's own sexuality and that being expressed through acts of sexuality, which I found to be, reminded me a lot of what um, Lisa Crone said when she was writing... Uh, Fun home that she really was tired of of gay relationships being portrayed romantically. She wanted there to be this sort of like, no, it's just like every other relationship. There's physical aspects to it, and that should be celebrated or at least acknowledged. And this felt very much like that. That there was a real like rawness to it that you wouldn't have seen at all at the time.
2: And Rossano does the same thing too. You know what's really notable about it is it's just you know you I guess you know, at that time people wrote, you know, gay characters in a very, like, certain light. And these were just, you know, you hated them, you loved them. They were, like, you know, everyone else. And that was very, um, you know, groundbreaking at that time. Mm -hmm. Um, I heard a funny interview, though, with Chip Zion, that when he was playing Marvin in In trousers, he he said he was like very naive and he did not realize at all that Marvin was gay. Like, and I think like before when the shows, like you know he's gay, right? And he thought like the song Wizard Going Down was like, where are they going?
1: Oh, Wizard, Wizard Brown, isn't it delightful play and easy? Yes, Wizard, Wizard Brown, I care. I found your door. We sing out more and more and more and more and more now. He rubs my neck, I rub his thigh. He asks me why I sweat. I ask him why he bites his nails. And then he takes me in his arms. And then he lights another cigarette. I say, Wizard, Wizard Brown.
2: I see a Wizard going down. Like to Florida? Oh my god. Oh, man.
0: I oh chip.
2: <laughs> I
0: but it does speak to the fact that you don't see that in you wouldn't have seen that in theater 40 years ago. Just at all. In in this sort of this format and in 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 and dealt with in this way. It's a really impressive impressive show. We probably should pause here at, for a second though and see. And I'm wondering if you can do this because I have not been able to find a good synopsis on the internet. Do you think you can summarize you know what's funny? what happens in Interceptors?
2: I know. So what's funny is like, cause I was looking, cause I know you, you asked that question mm-hmm. and like I reading a lot of people's like interpretations and like, as I was reading I, in my head, I was just thinking of the comments that, like, Bill Finn would say to that, like, right. or <laughs> I mean, the broadest statement, and, like, for all three, is, like, this is the story of Marvin becoming a man mm-hmm. and his growth. So I think this is the first part of Marvin uh, growing up and realizing what he wants. I mean, you can, like – extract lines from like the songs to like, you know, Trace's story, he starts by being this like entitled, you know, he has like, he says he has giddy, sheets, giddy seizures to right. like get attention. And he wants his breakfast a certain way. um And he's trying to figure it himself. He decides, you know, that's it for girls. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um you know, he leaves his, Wife, he has a high school sweetheart. uh He he's trying to figure himself out, and then you just end with the song in trousers, which is leaves you in like conceptual Wonderland. Yeah. Um, but but he he said you know he teaches you know the musical theater at NYU, and mm-hmm. you know, he always tells his students like when you come to New York, you need a calling card. You need like five songs that you can say, like, this is what I do. And that was in trousers. And it was in the, in the liner notes for the uh, CD or mm-hmm. whatever it's available on now. He right. says, like, this process was about figuring out the songs that I wanted to write. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love just the unashamed, like, and with, with all his work, the fearlessness um, and the eclectic... Um, I mean, when I was 15, I first heard that record. I honestly, I went right to my piano. I started just like playing these weird things. I'm like, I'm going to write lyrics about cauliflower and phyllo dough, mm-hmm. because that's what I want to do mm-hmm. because he gave me that permission. Um, so it was very liberating and I'm sure it felt liberating, uh, to a lot of people.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um. Yeah.
0: And also, I mean, the show was not well-reviewed. And I think it was because it was so unexpected right. and so conceptual, like you say. I mean, it bounces around in location. It bounces around in time. It bounces around in all different sort of – And the more I listen to it, the more I understand what's happening in it. But it is really right, right. A, right. It is a hard show to kind of keep – keep a hold on. And I can't imagine in 1979 seeing this and being like, you know, if the actors don't hundred percent know what's going on, well, I can't imagine the audience. It did audiences. make an
2: impact. Oh, it I, sure I did. I thought it really someone, but I thought it meant did get some really good, I know it, it really did something yeah. for playwrights horizon. Like it put them yeah, it on did the map. Well. You know, they yeah, never yeah. developed musicals before, but oh yeah. And then I, I didn't say the best part of discovering falsetto is very weird timing. But Playwrights Horizon was having some kind of um, anniversary thing, so I at the same time I happened to catch the reunion concert when the original cast oh, did the whole. Yeah, they did. Uh, Marta the Falsettos and um, Falsettoland. So I got to see the original cast perform it. Allison Freedman, no one like Michael Rupert. I wow. mean, that was. And that was my first time in Playwrights Horizon, and like, just that was just one of those magical experiences. You know, mm-hmm. you never forget. Oh sure. Um, so that was very cool. Yeah. Um, but an interesting note about uh, the recording, which I found out by listening to Ira Weissman talk about it. You know, I I've listened to you know the trilogy a million times. I just listened to the two thousand sixteen revival, just like for the, oh, sake really? of this.
3: uh-huh,
2: yeah, and you know, like i the biggest thing I was feeling like was they are slowing everything down, like you know, I was so used to hmm. the faster tempo, and then Ira Royson was saying, you know, a lot of people are surprised when they hear the slower tempo tempo on the two thousand sixteen but you have to understand we were recording on vinyl so we were being timed by the second yeah so nothing was that i didn't know any of that i mm-hmm. like you know i like the forges and in the interim at like a marathon pace but um yeah you know you get used to something but i thought that sure. was interesting
0: oh yeah that is that is a there's a I mean it's a common practice among show recordings that yeah, the tempos were all taken up because they had to fit on the record like that was just a and there was no ability to put it in a computer and kind of minutely tweak right. it to make it fit like it was tape and it was you know just a take and if it didn't fit it went away and that's yeah so composers would often take everything up a little bit to get it onto the the record it it's um it's something which is now much bemoaned. I kind of like the faster tempos on most shows because listening to an album is different than watching a show. Like I like, I don't mean like, I don't mean take it at like double speed, but like pick it up a little bit. You know, we're listening to it and and I, I don't mind keeping the energy up that way. Um, but it is yes. It can be. It was. It can be shocking to listen to an album you know really well and then hear recording and oh it's over gosh. 2 discs. You're like, man, this is really taking its time, isn't it?
2: I know. I know. <laughs> One thing I, you know, I get that. You know, when <clears throat> things are revived, sometimes lyrics are changed because things make more sense, like theatrically or whatever. But I, I don't know. I'm sure a lot of people are like this. Where like, I'm such a purist. You know that. That album, whether those lyrics made any sense or not, you know, those it was it was one solid like delicious cookie, you know, and like when they started changing lyrics because it was more consistent with the character, I'm like, no, you can't do that, you know that that album, you know, and I'm talking March of the Falsettos and mm-hmm. and all three, yeah. they were so in my muscle memory that you know I listened to it for years before. Before this podcast and I just, you know, you start playing an old record and I could just like spit everything out. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a good album.
0: Yeah. It, and it was a show that was drastically changed even a couple of years later when uh, I don't remember where the 85 production of In Trousers was. But if you look at those song lists on the I think Wikipedia is probably the cleanest when they're right next to each other. They really did rework the show kind of a little later. Um, oh,
2: so what album do I have? Well,
0: you have the 79. That's the only recording of it that's ever been I have
2: the purple one. Yeah, oh, yeah, the
0: purple one with the pictures of, of confused Chip Zion. and, and uh, Yes. And I can't remember I which I don't Jack. even
2: get the... I
0: think it's Mary Testa in sunglasses. I don't remember who's wearing sunglasses. Yeah, yeah Mary
2: Testa. Yeah. And apparently she was mad um, that she had to wear uh, sunglasses the whole time because she was like, are you trying to kill me as an artist? But um, she takes them off once for... <laughs> The, a lovely title, you know, The Rape of Miss Goldberg, which I'm yes. sure would fly wonderfully right now.
0: Yes, absolutely. It's Yeah, um, I don't... That, okay. that I listened to that song several times just to sort of try to figure out what happened. And I think, as they say in Spinal Tap, it's best left unsolved. I don't know what happens, but it is oh my God. probably not great.
2: I mean, the lyrics <laughs> of this whole show are so wonderfully quirky and honest and nonsensical. You can't just not... Love this. It's one of the things that you just accept this as whatever it is. As like, whatever I just listen to, that's good art. I mean, maybe those are my weird standards, but no. But
0: I think it's 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 what happens when you write something that is not literal. That it's more emotional. That mm-hmm. I I don't trust anything Marvin tells me in this show about what happened, like the actual events of of his life.
2: Oh, so you would call him like an unreliable narrator? I in would I in
0: this show, yeah. Because he kind yeah. of, he's, he's lying to himself for a great portion of the show until the end when he kind of releases himself. Uh, and, uh, or not even at the end, but sort of towards the end when he when he leaves Trina and sort of moves on with his life. But he, so he he has, yeah, I don't think he's a reliable narrator. I, I feel what I'm hearing more is his emotional memory of what happened, how it made him feel. right. And that is more important ultimately in his journey in this show is for us to understand how this man feels. And then that informs this huge decision he makes to leave his wife and in this show, two kids and future one kid um, right. for a man, which, you know, is is a huge step now. It, it was a magnanimous, you know, mag, uh, magnum step 40 years ago because um, right. it meant also a certain amount of I'm sure social ostracization and all kinds of things like that so right,
2: right, right.
0: it's it's really kind of it, it's key to kind of understanding what he's uh, what he's going through and, and and how he's going so I think the literal events are not as important as the emotional I mean sort of, you have a songs like How Marvin Eats Breakfast
1: Everybody into the kitchen Here comes Marvin It wasn't loaded. She's an actor from the old school and a lousy chef. I don't want miracles from heaven, just a macis over spinach over toast
2: Can we just talk about how every song here is just so unique? It's so I mean oh, yeah. she is such a good composer. I mean, I'm not I hope this isn't oh gosh, bad, but like I don't even care what the story is about. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just I mean that was been so groundbreaking at the time it's like every song just at least it stays with it it stays with you and it's so you know his lyrics just go there i mean um it's rhythmically driven it's melodically driven i mean oh god it's, it's very
0: rhythm driven that's an excellent way to describe his writing yeah that in general he has a very you know it's it's not it's not operatic, it's not recitative, but it lives closer sometimes in that vein where characters well, you know, are kind of singing dialogue.
2: Cuz he composes he doesn't transcribe his own stuff you he, he right. just plays it. Um but um, it was interesting because I saw Elegies, um, which mm. I also loved. Uh, well, Marvin Rivers was in. He just is amazing. <laughs>
3: um,
2: but, um, but you know, that's a song cycle. So as I was looking at this, I'm like, well, would I, what if I approach this as, you know, as a song cycle? And mm-hmm. you can't really with this because there's so much – Let's just say I would be very interested in, in seeing someone direct this. Mm-hmm. That that's a call out to anyone. If anyone wants to direct this,
0: there is I, a I looked, there's a production on YouTube. Um
2: I know, I was afraid to watch yeah, it. Yeah, I don't know. I what was the, just scared to watch those YouTube productions. Well it's
0: a um and it's a but I couldn't quite tell from the description where it was or what it was from, or right. what, you know what I mean. Yeah, it was one of those like I don't it it's it's kind of semi-professional i would call i would say at least which is which is nice um
2: but i want to but, see yeah. this in a really non-literal crazy i wasn't even thinking like when this whole social distancing thing is over
3: mm-hmm. like
2: let's someone do the trilogy in like immersive kind of a day-long event where like the hole in trousers is done like at a breakfast table and we're all sitting down at like a diner and we're like just oh, understanding him. And he's like making a mess all over the table. Then like March of the falsettos. Um, I guess they, I guess they have to make the dinner for the psychiatrist, mm-hmm. but then like, um, I don't know. Do you, you like said a falsetto really land conceptual? in a hospital? I
0: mean, that's where like half of it takes place, but it, it right, is
2: hospital yeah, food.
0: Right. There you go. It would, yeah. I would love to see a production of all three of these shows with the same cast doing, yeah. you know, doing the, the whole thing, because it is just. Well, I think he's it... always
2: said yeah, that In Trousers does not go with the rest. Like he just, mm-hmm. um, but I'd like to, you know what, like own that. And, um, and just like, let's see all, let's see that kind of triptych. There's a really
0: there 's a really good history of that though with a lot of writers they 're mostly playwrights they 're not not composer lyricists but there 's
2: kind of like were like, warm up <laughs> well there's a,
0: like uh, the, the example that comes to my mind because he 's my favorite playwright is Thornton Wilder wrote two short plays before he wrote our town as sort of experiments. With the form, and they're oh, which were
2: those?
0: The Happy Journey from Camden to Trenton is one, and the second one is called Pullman Car Hiawatha, which is a show that actually kind of gets staged sometimes because it's like an abbreviated version of um of Our Town. But they're both employing the, the stories don't. They both deal with death, just like Our Town does. But they employ that stage manager, narrator, no set style. Yeah, they were
2: planting the seeds for...
0: Yeah, and I would love to see a production of Our Town somewhere where that was available as a... Like, I don't know how you do that, but like in the black box around the corner, if you come at seven instead of eight, we're doing those two shows back to back. So you can then ramp into the full show. And you see his
2: process. Mm-hmm. you know he's so personal in in everything you know he writes and this really was how he was trying to figure out his voice the songs he wanted to write you know he said like a lot of this comes from like somewhat autobiographical so i'm not you know mm-hmm. but um but how we can see just like the show is about you know marvin's growth how we can see um his growth um hell all the way up to you know, new brain where we have a totally different view yeah. the next day. But we see, you know, he said that when he came out of the hospital, he was just so grateful to be back at the piano that like, he just felt like angels were like <laughs> guiding him to, and you can feel that when you get into like heart and music and, mm-hmm. and all that. But, um, I think it's always fascinating to enjoy a show, but also to, think about you know the writer's journey and maybe it's just because you know that's what we do and we're playwrights and stuff but you know there's people behind all this stuff
0: yeah i I tend Um, to think of it like um you know artists in the olden days before they did big paintings would always do studies they would do sketches and in the theme that they were going to explore with the larger work and that's how i like i like seeing those sketches i like reading those short plays i like listening to in trousers because you get a sense of the raw material that went into the masterpiece that that's such an interesting and it's hardly anything
2: but raw oh my god oh can my we just talk about this orchestration michael Ster- how do you, do you say sterobin? sterobin sterobin i believe but sterobin, I, yeah, I don't know don't quote me oh my god <laughs> and then i because i was so crazy obsessed with falsettos ever 15 that i did pottery Oh my this I read this when I was 15 of all my favorite Broadway shows and see, like, I had to make a few wow. and I kept updating Like In 2003.
3: Yeah. Oh, oh nice. yeah.
2: Well, I, you know what? Some of these were just because they had colorful playbills, to be oh, honest. Sure. But look, I've Sunday in the Park with George there, and yeah, there's yeah. Falsettos with the key yep.
0: I see Pacific Overtures.
2: Oh, Pacific. Oh, my God. I could I do a that whole show. other. But... So, that well, wait. At the same time, my sophomore year, because mm-hmm. I was so persuasive, my thesis for Modern World, we, we were doing the Meiji Restoration, so I convinced Mr. O'Brien to let me do my thesis on Pacific Overtures, and it was brilliant. I never wrote to <laughs> sign I'm after that, but maybe I still can. <laughs> it was a good You're
0: essay. You're a very convincing though. person, I think, is one of the met- the things we're learning here. You convinced um, two different teachers to go outside the box on major projects in the same year. That's pretty impressive.
2: I, I was more like I was don't talk to Amy she's a musical theater kid um
0: <laughs>
2: but oh wait and then let me show you the final thing for my
0: you're gonna have to of... send me pictures of these things so I can put them on the social oh, media my, so oh, my God. oh you definitely have to take a picture wait, of that wait
2: so wait so because coma happened when I was 18 uh high school senior year um, my mom told him, you know, apparently he left me a lot of voicemails during my coma, but I was very groggy. I don't really remember any of that. But my mom told him, you know, we're having her high school headmaster surprise her um, at the, with the high school graduation. And he's like, oh, I'm going to try to come. My mom's like, no, crazy. No. And Phil fin, the most amazing guy, came. Yeah. And I was just learning to walk again, but I was such a freaking musical theater ham that I tried to tap dance. I stepped on my drain. I pulled it out. And I had to do an emergency procedure before my graduation.
0: Amy, oh my god, that's the most musical theater thing I've ever heard in my entire life.
2: I know. But wait, I gotta say how this came full circle that, yeah, yeah. you know, I, I eventually, you know, put together the one my one woman musical, Gutless and Grateful. Right. And um <clears throat> And you know, I, I kept in, I, you know, I still keep in touch with them. I told him about it. And I get a call right before I open at the Triad in New York from my brother saying, Amy, like Bill Finn's like wandering outside the theater, like waiting in line to come in. I said, like, give him a ticket, bring him in. <laughs> and to his, to his credit, he saw it, he loved it. And he said, you know, Amy, I love the musical, but you know what's missing? I'm like, what? He's like, you need a mo. It's too happy. You need a moment in that musical where you're like, you know what? Screw this. I don't want to deal with this anymore. Mm-hmm. And he was right. And I put in a whole monologue right in the middle of it that really changed the arc. Um, I revived it the next year, and he saw it. And then he got me to do it at his cabaret series at Barrington Stage oh, wow. uh, the next year. So that was, like, such a full circle moment that I got to do yeah. it, you know, right after Liz Calloway did her show as part of a series and, um, in the Berkshires, um, so um, he's just been, um, you know, just a, a great guy, and listen, he teaches at NYU, he's been a mentor for a lot of people, mm-hmm. and, you know, that... That heart comes out in, in what he writes. Uh, he's inspired a lot of people. So, you know, more power to him.
0: Well, I know you've inspired a lot of people too. It's probably blah, blah. also time to tell the audience your, a little bit about your story. As you've said twice, you've been in a coma. And I said, people are just like, I'm sorry, what happened sorry. to this? The, your poor guests that you haven't? So I'll let you tell as much of it as you want to. Obviously, that you know you've spoken about your yeah. journey many, many times. And I there's a whole book, tight. which we'll talk about. Um, but I'm willing to talk about as much of it or as little as you as you wish. So that I ahead.
2: sent to Bill and he read it and even all the stuff about him and he said he really liked it. Oh good. Um, but um, but okay. Uh, I so yeah. So I was uh, musical theater crazy uh, my entire life and uh, mm-hmm. got into uh, musical theater program at University of Michigan and that was where I was planning on going until April of my senior year I had a dead stomach ache and um I had a blood clot apparently that sat in a really bad place um on the night of Passover uh which wow. is why I really on a side of which is why I really resonated with the song from elegies about Passover um <laughs> but, but so I was in a coma for months um which mm. was Kind of a shock because I'd never really been sick my entire life um, and so um, yeah and so then I woke up and doctors told me I didn't have a stomach anymore I still don't because you don't need that to survive right um, but but I couldn't I do, do want it. to
0: pause on that for one second to the audience and just make sure you heard that correctly that yes Amy does not you, you lost your have stomach
2: a, I don't have a stomach yeah. you don't need that yeah I'm good yeah but but at that time <laughs> at that time they didn't know if I could ever eat or drink again because I just didn't have a digestive system. So, and this is why like, there's a lot of parallels right now that I find that a lot of these tools can be helpful for people Mm -hmm. now because I was basically discharged from the hospital because I wasn't in danger of dying anymore. Um, You know, months later after the coma and all that. Um, But the problem was I didn't really have a digestive system. And this had never happened before. Like stomachs don't like explode. My stomach had literally exploded. So we had to kind of shop around for a doctor that could figure out like, is there a way to get her like hooked up back again to eat or drink again? Mm-hmm. Um, so I was in a holding pattern at 18. Um, and so it ended up long story short, ended up being like, about six year over six years before I could eat or drink um anything and twenty surgeries later. Um, which is why my musical my first one of my musical is called Gutless and mm-hmm. Grateful. The Grateful came later. Um and then I just uh premiered another one, um, which really goes into the PTSD um and other stuff. Um but really um theater and I you know which is theater really got me through. I mean, a mm. month after the hospital, I couldn't eat or drink and I got the lead in Oliver and that really saved me.
3: Because, oh,
2: wow. Well, because I think at least for me right now, for the social distancing, what's taking the toll is you know, there's a ton of stuff I'm creating and doing, but it's the isolation that really takes a toll on you. Mm. And being in like the ensemble of a, you know, in a theater, like performing on stage with people, you know, I couldn't drink, but like, I had like a safe, you know, like theater was my holding ground, just like get in there, like belt as long as he needs me. And like, you know, I could be safe. So that's why I think it's so important that, you know, we keep like supporting, you know, the arts and whatever, you know, way we can. Cause that, you know, I discovered, you know, painting through this, um, mm-hmm. I, I didn't cats i did creativity really got me through and i i can I can eat now, I always forget to throw
3: that in. <laughs> um, but
2: but it was tough I mean, like waking up like one day after the next saying like oh i 'll eat in a week i 'll eat mm-hmm. in another week, and then like years uh go by um so um yeah, and you know i didn't it's so funny before my coma. I really like love falsettos and I listened to new brain cause I was mm-hmm. so thin obsessed, but I'm like, you know, the hospital stuff doesn't really resonate with me that much. Like I, I didn't, I applied more to like the dysfunctional Jewish neurotic family than like hospital stuff. And then after that, I'm like, Oh, now I get all this coma stuff.
0: I was going to say, I was surprised after hearing your story that we weren't talking about new brain. But it is. It makes it. You know, of all the Bi- Bill Finn musicals, it's such a one-to-one parallel. To well, you, well you
2: know what? I think it speaks to you know not only my fear, but but his. Like he mm-hmm. got through through. You know, he says he doesn't like writing about depressing stuff, and like I, I think you know. If you don't have a sense of humor and you're not like unashamedly crazy, mm-hmm. I mean I got evaluated by so many psychiatrists in the ICU because they didn't understand why I wasn't depressed. Mm-hmm. Like they thought I was in denial. I mean, to my, you know, I gotta say I have three amazing brothers that and a family that stayed with me and we were like the comedy trio that like, you know, mm-hmm made jokes wherever but like he had the same spirit and I think that's why we especially clicked after this and it comes across in you know in all the you know the comedy that he writes that's he's been through a lot of crap but like his comedy is so genuine and I know that feeling to have that comedy coming from a place of like life-affirming gratitude like yeah so Mm -hmm. um his stuff is just it's very real and it's and it's still art because there is there are like the kind of like solo shows and and things like like that that kind of feel like you're going to someone's therapy session Mm -hmm. because it's honest but it's like raw and it makes you feel uncomfortable yeah um but the way he taps into humor in a uncomfortable in a good way like more of like a jolt like oh he really went there
3: mm-hmm.
2: i that's what resonated with me before and after my coma um so um Phil, so if you're listening to this well,
0: yay, yay. well he really gets i mean it's funny that you, the, the quote that he doesn't like writing about depressing subjects because some depressing <laughs> stuff happens in his shows but mm-hmm. what he really understands and i think one of the reasons he probably gave you that suggestion to write something in the middle of, of, of your show he's real. It, but it's also that there is no joy without pain especially oh, in completely. theater you can't have something be truly hilarious unless there is actually something very sad somewhere else to color those two emotions if you can take the audience all the way on one direction you can take them all the way in the other and you know he's very good also though at the situational Irony and humor of the situation. Right. More in March of the Valsettos and Valsettoland when you have the character of Melvin, you know, being everybody's psychiatrist and in love with Trina and like trying to get pick up uh, the the song in that that kills me every single time is when Jason sees him for the first time and he's trying to pick up Trina through Jason. You're just like, you're a bad psychiatrist, man. Like come. (laughs) Oh
2: my God. Can we just like nitpick every (laughs) lyric of it? Now can we talk about the brilliance of like each lyric of this show? I could go... Crazy, which is why, like, when they changed some of the lyrics in the <clears throat> revival to be more consistent, mm-hmm. um, I mean, I understood some choices, um, <clears throat> but, like, oh, my God, like, where, where to start with some of these lyrics, but, but yeah, I mean, even, like, every, everyone hates his parents.
1: Everyone hates his parents, don't be ashamed, you'll grow up, you'll come through, you'll have kids. And they'll hate you too Oh, everyone hates his parents But I confess You grow up You get old You hate less But I don't want it hates his parents that's in the torah it's what history shows in fact god said to moses moses everyone hates his parents that's how it is and god knew because god hated his
2: but but then the honest stuff that's real that like i mean i think I was trying to trace back, and I think my real first exposure before I knew what Falsett was was back in the CD days. I had, like, every, you know, those ultimate Broadway, like, best of mixes. Like, mm-hmm. I bought all of them. And some had, like, overlaps. Like, everything's coming up roses with on, like, four of them. But on one of them that was a good find, I think one of them had I Never Wanted to Love You on it. and mm-hmm. um,
0: God, that's a good song.
2: I thought – Geez, can we talk about what a good song it is? Oh, yeah. I mean, such a good song. And then if we're jumping back to In Trousers, um, you know, Love Me For What I Am, Not Who I Try To Be. I mean, Someone Imperfectly Neat, so basic, but like something we, you know, we see over and over again. You know, he really set that. I don't know if so many people were writing that way. You know, no, I don't think um, they were, I,
0: and, and certainly not to that. I mean, it's it's funny how his his writing, especially for the time, feels. It's not ahead of its time. It's just kind of out of time. Like it feels like its own. Its That's own such thing. a good
2: way to put it.
0: Yeah, it, it's its own complete, complete thing, and it 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 is it influ. It certainly had influence. It certainly his influence is felt in music theater today, but not in a direct way and a more, like you say, subject matter. And the fact that we can have songs about very little thing, you know, tiny things and musicals can be more like plays and, you know, for forget all this...
2: about subjects. I mean, like, like, I mean, I'm just thinking We were talking earlier about like his rhythmically driven lyrics, mm-hmm. um, how he, you know, he, you know, he said a few times that he would get, you know, irritated when reviews, uh, said like, it sounds like actors like improvising his lyrics or making them bump on the spot. I mean, do you know how much skill that that takes to make that happen? Mm -hmm. The way he can do that and the way he puts his rhymes like in these odd places. And I remember jumping, I'm jumping all over the place. Sorry, but you gotta look at all his work like as a whole. Mm -hmm. But I'm thinking of You know, by the time I saw Elegies at Lincoln Center in 2003, um, I was already, you know, Finn obsessed. Sure. Um, And again, I was so, it was very empowering as a kid who wanted to write songs that like each song was so specific and like screw where it like went and screw like the overall storyline, but he was so specific, you know, you have Mark's All, All Male Thanksgiving in one song. Sorry if I'm saying songs, you know, no, but um, then you have, I mean, listen to that album. Anyone, please. I mean, Carly Carmelo. Yeah. A heck Obviously. Of yeah. But like, I remember, you know, reading every review of Elegies um, after that, just to make sure they were, doing him right and I think the New York Times review said you know he gets points for um a rhyme I've never heard before rhyming like murmur with firmer and I'm like (laughs) yeah that because that's what he does he finds those rhymes that you're like 50 million people have not done that before. Like mm-hmm. you are, you just keep doing your thing. And also um, finding,
0: finding, but finding an environment wherein that rhyme makes sense. I mean, that was something that completely. really struck me listening to in trousers and, and the rest of them for, to talk to you was, is the sense of like, it, some rhymes are very exciting and some are unusual, but they always come organically out of the circumstance or out of the character's own, befuddled situation that's what a, yeah. makes
2: it feel like it's improv but yeah so, i mean that takes such skill absolutely um oh god i mean i could just listen to that album all day <laughs> and i have i have memories of just playing i learned how to I, mean, I was 15 i learned how to operate a record player just to like i still don't know if that cd is available i mean it's I, available I you can I get it
0: yeah, you okay. can get it on Amazon. You can listen to the whole thing on YouTube. It it is it is available. Um uh,
2: I and saw now it YouTube comes playlist. with
0: uh it now it comes with um the a bonus track actually, which is which everyone should know is not the actual last Shut song. up. No, it comes with uh, I'm breaking down performed by Alice Alison Fraser. Um, uh, oh
2: you no, know, I'm breaking down not on in trousers, that's on it, March of the Falsettos.
0: But it's not on the cast album for March of the Falsettos. Right. They added it later, so they put if you buy the CD for In Trousers, right. it's a bonus track after In Trousers.
1: The things he
2: was are things which I forgot. He's a queen, I'm a queen. Where is our crown? I'm breaking down.
3: I'm breaking down. My life is shitty and my kid seems like an idiot to me. I mean, that's sick. I mean, he's great. It's me who is the matter Talking madder than the maddest tatter. If I repeat one more word, I swear I'll lose my breath. What else should I explain? Oh, yes, it's true. I can cry on cue, but so can you. I'm breaking down.
0: Which the first several times I listened to it, I thought it was the last number of the show.
2: Oh, no, that would be weird.
0: It was. And I was like, man, that's a really odd place to end. Like, that's interesting. You know, and then later found out, no, that show, it's actually, you know, in a different show, but it's sung by the same actress. I went, oh, oh, well, anyway, you know, it doesn't. But it's so funny that that song can sort of incorporate into that score. And you go, okay, yeah, I guess we ended here. Fine. Whatever, man. I'm with you. It's great.
2: (laughs) I mean, for me, and I'm going to be honest, like, a. I know, I know it was added. And again, maybe mm-hmm. it's because you know that album made an impact at a certain time in my life, and I've kept it in like kind of this memory bubble. But I don't know that song just doesn't fit with the. I mean, I I get I guess theatrically, you know, they needed it. Um, I I'd be interested how would you compare that to holding to the ground in Falsetto Land? They like kind of.
0: They they do kind of similar things, but I would say that Holding to the Ground is Trina sort of... Instead of... I'm, I should probably start in the other direction. I'm Breaking Down is a funnier song and is a funny song about her loss of control. Right. Um, but also has a sort of self-pitying add to it, which is one of Trina's things that she gets over as, as the shows go on. And... I'm, uh, holding to the Ground is really, like, I love the sentiment in that song of her saying
2: Hold to the ground as the ground keeps shifting, keeping my balance square Trying not to care about this man whom Marvin loves But that's my life He shared my life Yes, that's my life
0: Holding to the Ground is a Is a song more about her realizing that, you know, whatever wrongs Marvin had done to her and whatever all that was, none of that matters in the current situation. The current situation is a whole other thing and we've got to deal
3: with-
0: You know, she sort of realized, both Marvin and Trina go on one of their journeys in falsetto land is discovering what's really important in their lives, and also about being parents, and that's right, a good right. number for her to kind of go like, I have to be a friend to my ex husband, a mother to my son, a wife to my, you know, to 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 um, Melvin, and also Wizard is part of our family, which is what that like in the bar mit in the bar mitzvah scene at the end when uh, Melvin is uh. intoning the family and he says, "Son
1: of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob." Son of Marvin, son of Trina, son of Wizard, son of Mendel and kajtra gotcha to the,
0: the lesbians from Next Does really bring you this, like, this this child who's at the center of that show has all of these. They're all, the whole thing's a family, which also then yeah. ties back into what happens in March of the Falsettos when Marvin but says, "I want a tight
1: knit family." i want a group that harmonizes i want my wife and kid and friend to pretend the time will
0: mend our pain it's they finally get the thing that they were all looking for right i mean in that scene. of all
2: shows that take a journey like these two i mean they're also written like nine years apart but yes this show takes a it takes big a huge big journey, journey. Yeah. and i think that challenge for combining it into falsettos and i kind of like to think of them as two different things but it is making that journey you know coherent and believable which mm-hmm. is more of like the book yes. the book job that's kind um, of the james will pine is, of
0: it all is is making it more yeah. more focused more theatrical and and i appreciate that greatly but you know i do love the manic Ohness up like, <laughs> like, right, of characters,
2: right? Like, that's why, right? That's why I would love to consider <laughs> this as, like, you know, like appetizer, entree, dessert, and mm-hmm. maybe not like as like a whole like big arc. It was, you know, they they're each a moment in time. Mm-hmm. Um, I also think it's it's very it puts your head in a weird thing writing musicals that time wise are meant to sequence each other like one year after the other and they were written um at
0: yeah very different points. Yeah.
2: And also like I you know, I have mad respect for Faith Prince, but I would I would love you Alison Fraser is so unique. Mm-hmm. Just her voice and, and her phrasing is. I would love to hear her sing uh the Falsetto Land album. Oh, and I mm-hmm. guess I did when I saw it. Well, you saw her, yeah, so the remember. revival
0: concert. Right. But you don't um, have a recording of it, so it's not Yeah, you can't I can't I mean, live with it again and again and again.
2: I mean, that's what I love about I mean if we just go back if I'm jumping all over the place, but if you just go back to in trousers, you know, Mary Testa, Allison Fraser. Tip Zion. Oh God, I don't, I don't know the other. I'm Joanna to Green is the, is the Joanna Green. I'm yeah. sorry, Joanna Green. Um, <laughs> wherever you are. But they're all so unique. I mean, they have mm-hmm. their own style and their own voice. And that just adds to this stew that's boiling that, um, you know, I, you know, that's, that's what makes that album so special. Mm-hmm. Um uh, and
0: it's kind of a miracle that it exists. I mean, that it's like it's something that can that, you know, that it was produced at all but, you know, this tiny label um, Apparently
2: you have original cast records Bruce name, Bruce to, Yecko yeah. to thank for that um, Yep, and he
0: produced a lot of, I mean, there's a lot of cast albums he produced in the late 70s and early 80s that uh, of shows that were not getting cast albums, that's just, you know, so we have him to thank for, right. for many, a, many an album, but it's um, it is. It is really just a miracle to, that there is a a cast album of this show. It's it's incredible. Can,
2: can I just say one other ballad that, like, I mean, not sure. one other, but another ball. I mean, I've been trying to think of some way I could somehow squeeze this into a cabaret actor. or some like, but like, there's no way, father to son mm-hmm. is the most beautiful. I mean, maybe we could change it to mother so not What a song! Yeah. I mean, that if the show is about Marvin becoming a man. I mean, and he's painted as as such a realistic character that, like, is kind of a pain and kind of selfish. And the growth that he makes is very realistic. Mm -hmm. It's dramatic, but it's realistic. And Father to Son is just an amazing realization of, I mean, those lyrics. Father to Son...
1: I, for one, would take love slower I've made my choice But you can sing a different song Watch as you sing How your voice gets much lower You'll be kid, a man-kid if nothing goes wrong.
2: Yeah, I mean to be honest, my, I I much prefer the style of the first two. Not mm-hmm. that I don't like False but um False Add of the Land gets more into musical theatre territory. Yeah. It
0: also has a much more direct story. I mean it is, it, it right. is there's there's the arc And it's the a touching Mitzvah. story. It's a very touching story and it's a good story. I mean it, it is a well told it's a story uh, well told. Oh yeah. And, and having uh, you know the journey of the Bar Mitzvah and and Wizard getting AIDS and it being like a whole commentary on what's happening but you know Mark And you've the
2: two extra It's yes, a lesbian, the lesbian the next neighbors, story.
0: Yes. <laughs> the caterer and the internist. Janet, is
2: next for anyone that that yeah. has the Joseph um album belting the heck out of that.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. absolutely.
2: Fish and food the Food that's from the heart. And still um, contains songs
0: in it that are very of the vibe of like Miracle of Judaism and and uh a day in Falsetto Land. Yeah it's
2: very consistent. It's yeah. not like totally out of um sync. Um but um I saw the first preview of um Falsettos in two thousand sixteen oh, wow. and um yeah, that was uh that was very cool um hearing it um you know Stephanie Block um
0: mm-hmm. yeah.
2: obviously is
0: her yeah yeah killer absolutely um
2: but um it was interesting seeing all that as one mm-hmm. I am going to say one more time it could be because Martin the Falsetto's cassette tape made an impression on me like as one. but you know it it completely worked and I loved it but you know that when you first hear something that like you've never heard anything like before,
3: mm-hmm.
2: um, with that old scratchy kind of vinyl sound. Yeah. Um, absolutely. Yeah.
0: It's yeah. It, it, it puts an imprint on your, on your soul in a way that other things just don't, you know, it's, it's not, it, it, it it's impossible to replicate. And like you say, when you see something else, uh, See, another version of it or another you know the twist on it, it it's oh, of course. not yeah it's it's not going to be and exactly i what think
2: what we ha- i what we didn't like outrightly mention is that like this is all this is like lame is on steroids this is all sung through oh yeah there is there is no book and he said it's you know he's lovely self-deprecating humor that it's because he's terrible at writing dialogue so like a mentor told him just like stick to lyrics and mm-hmm. so he just wrote just everything did. through yeah yeah but, I mean, he really, you know, how everything flows together and each song is so musically, like, diverse. Like, you're walking in a forest and each tree is, like, totally different.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I mean, I could just – I mean, I don't want to just fan out, like, this whole time. But, like – I think
0: it's too late for that, Amy. I think we've I think oh we've Oh, my God. That. <laughs> you know what I found okay. interesting? I noticed this time, I don't – I never noticed this before. I think it was today when I listened to – all three shows in a row, which I don't often do like in a, in a straight run is that each, each one of these three shows has a three or like a multi-scene.
2: I was going to say that.
0: In it. I was shocked. Yes. Yeah. The, 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 the rape of Miss Goldman loves
2: doing that. He's like, Martin visits the like psychiatrist,
0: psychiatrist and I what's the third? Right. I didn't notice it wasn't until this that I noticed it in Falcettel. Oh, a day in Falcettan. Yeah, yeah. A day
2: in mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a great way to do it. It's like, hey, and let sorry I'm gonna bring in Lay again. It's like Lame Miz when they have like the big screen saying like, like oh, uh nineteen eighty or whatever year it is. Mm-hmm. Uh now ten years later. Mm-hmm. Um but he does that in a really wonderful way. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm looking. And you know, he has different like reprises. Like he has in falsetto land, he has the racquetball thing. And then yeah. I don't know. You know what? He also uses the, the idea of game playing as yes. a motif uh, through mm-hmm. all of this. Yeah. Um, I didn't notice the one in trousers until I listened to it recently on um, the nausea before the game. Mm-hmm. I don't even know what game that is. I mean, well, I think they say hut, so maybe it's football. I don't know. But
0: um, Yeah, it was very unclear but... to me. I, 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 I kept thinking it was him having sex with his wife. That was the nausea before the game. Oh, you know what? Figured, I could yeah. be,
2: you could be totally
0: right. But, well, I, well, but, but, in
2: Trousers is up to anyone's interpretation. It, that's, that's
0: the thing, yeah. <laughs> I do want to say, before we wrap up, though, you wrote a book. So we should talk about you. We should end you in your book. You wrote a book called "My Beautiful Detour," not blah blah blah. It's great. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: I wrote I wrote a memoir of my life. Bill Finn's in there quite a few times and other. uh, (laughs) Well, I'm sure that um, the music
0: theater in general is in there like a number of times.
2: Thank the world of theater. Yeah, um, yeah. It's 546 pages because there were a lot of detours. But um, listen, it's a crazy story with a lot of crap happening but it's a positive book because I mean I got you know listen this is this stuff that makes us who we are mm-hmm. I mean there was there was a you know I think we all go when we have detours in life we all think oh well where would I have been if this wouldn't have happened if this wouldn't happen but then so many things happen that you're like how can you even compare anymore mm-hmm. I mean this has made you know, for a while, I ended up, you know, going to college finally at, at 25. But, like, for a while, like, I, you know, I got into musical theater program at University of Michigan. And I even tried going back there, you know, when I couldn't eat or drink. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Brent Wagner, the chair of the department, was very nice. But he eventually wrote me a letter saying, you know, it's, it's going to be difficult doing mm-hmm. this program on IVs. And, you know, I thought my musical theater dreams were forever crushed. But, like, I came back in a, in a different way. And now, like, I'm back doing what I love. And so I wrote it because there were so many crazy things in my story. But also, like, you can use – I mean, I think Bill is the prime example of that. You can use what's happened to you to come back to doing what you love. And, you know, it's not how you imagined it. But, um, you know, it, it's your life. And, and I hope that – listen, like I was supposed to do shows now that are now on like zoom things. And I know a lot of our lives, all of our lives Mm -hmm. have been derailed for X amount of time. Um, and while we're going through it, like I can say personally, like, it's not fun, but you know, these are the moments, uh, we have right now. So anyway, my book, it was about those moments, uh, in my life then. And, uh, and it's out. Buy it, a copy. Buy right, a copy you? of
0: the book, yeah. it. it I, I, well, I was really impressed, having watched a couple of your talks and some of your interviews in, in preparation for this, that you really do talk about how, I mean, yes, as, as the saying goes, if you're not where you are, you're no place. So you have to kind of accept your circumstance to a certain extent before you can do anything else. But I really... Yeah. I like that you really do talk about, though, like allowing yourself to be angry, allowing yourself to be disappointed, allowing the... It's it's not about, like, the power of positive thinking. It is take all those things, they're all you, put them all together, and then just keep pushing forward, no matter what the emotion is. Just make sure you're moving.
2: And that's what, and that's what theater, and listen, that Mm -hmm. is exactly what Bill Finn was telling me when he saw Gutless and Grateful. Mm -hmm. And I had done this whole arc of transformation, which was true, but he was saying, but what about those really ugly moments? Like, show us those and work through it. Mm -hmm. Um, So we, and really that gave my show texture. It gives our lives texture, It's given, Mm -hmm. you know, my life texture. But um, yeah, I think a lot of people, think because I'm smiling all the time that like I'm a positive person but I only got to like I'm present with with whatever's there and I think as artists that's kind of what we're good at we're good at tapping into that like Mm -hmm. you know ugly emotion in a healthy way so we can transform it to something else and call it art you know assuming that assuming that everything is going to be okay by the fall um, you know, I, I premiered my latest one woman musical passageways of all my original songs and stuff at, um, over the summer and I'm bringing it to 54 below, um, on October. I'm on their site. I can see October 23rd, uh, 2020 at nine thirty. So right. I'm hoping that yes, by October, you know, New York, maybe the tables will be farther apart, but
0: right. Okay. Oh, yeah. That'd be great. So,
2: so come if, if,
0: yes. if we're allowed. That's wonderful. Thank you so much, Amy. It was so lovely to be with you. This is fantastic.
2: High school ladies at 5 o'clock. They be
1: good girls all practicing adventures of a sort which divert you but which never ever try to hurt you. High school ladies at 5 o'clock. They sing la-la-la-la. La-la-la. sing la-la-la-la. Oh, have a they repetitious la-la-la.
3: The
0: original cast is produced and edited by me, Patrick Flynn. The original cast is on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at OriginalCastPod. You can follow me, Patrick Flynn, on all platforms at UnknownPenguin. Enjoying yourself? Leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts and tell the world. You can also find the original cast on Spotify, Stitcher, Overcast, and wherever fine podcasts are available. Thanks to Amy Ostreicher for coming and talking to me. I'm Patrick Flynn, and I can't. I have rehearsal.
1: (laughs) And look at high school ladies at five o'clock Does it like? Does it like? Does it